Man, I just love finding a great new guitar player. That's Nathaniel Murphy. Nathaniel plays electric, he also plays slide. guitar great arranger and of course he ain't no new guitar player he's already got over a quarter million followers on Instagram where have I been so I'm super honored to have him I'm also super honored that a fantastic company is bringing this episode you guys got to hear about this new development with Royer microphones aka RoyerLabs.com you know the Royer R121 well that's been an industry standard for a million years yeah you just heard Lyle Workman on a recent episode talking about how he uses the Royer 121 all day long he takes that one and that's his main thing and adds a little bit of SM57 common way to go from shore to blend the two together the R121 is also great microphone for acoustic guitars too and vocals, but the thing is, it's about $1,300 retail. So some guitar players, some of us, we just don't have the budget for an R121 as great as it is. But guess what? Royer has you in mind. They made a great new microphone for us, the R10 from Royer. It's a great guitar mic. It can handle huge sound pressure levels. It's got a special screen on it, three layer windscreen. It's got the same exact ribbon as the R121. Remember how magical ribbon mics are for capturing all that guitar tone. I'm actually speaking through it right now, but of course what I really love doing with the R10 is tracking guitars. I just got it yesterday and I plugged it straight into my Universal Apollo. No preamps or compressors or outboard gear or anything. Just put it right in front of my guitar amp. Pretty cool sound, that's a double-tracked Dr. Z. Let's hear one side, then the other, because remember I double-tracked it. I think the amp sounds a little compressed because I have it running through a massive, a massive, power soak to keep the volume down so I don't get the cops called on me by my neighbors. But yeah, great microphone made for you, just $500. This was the only mic that Dave Grohl used on the last Foo Fighters tour. It's great. Made by hand in America. And again, same ribbon as the R121. And that ribbon is internally shock mounted. Head to RoyerLabs.com to check out the R10 for yourself. Now when we get back to the interview, I'm using a different mic one of my stage mics, probably a Shore 58. And our guest, the amazing Nathaniel Murphy, he's just got some kind of mic going straight into his iPad. This is what we do in the social distancing era, folks. Great interview, though. 
he plays such amazing arrangements of stuff. Check this out. This is a great Queen song that I know you know and love. got a great acoustic album out called War for the Moment. Yeah, you definitely want to go on Instagram and check out his many, many videos. I've got audio from all those videos here, like this. For the first time I ever had a really hit guitar video on Twitter, it's when I shared one of his videos, this one. I mean, I've put up a couple guitar videos of my own that might have got like a hundred. Twitter's a tough nut to crack, I'll tell you. But I put this one up in two days, man. It zoomed up to 750 likes. Nathaniel's already, man. Just super humble guy. We're going to go over to his Chicago place. We're going to beam ourselves over there virtually. He arrives in Chicago by way of his homeland of Ireland, and then he grew up in Manchester, England. And I will post those videos also on my channels. But first of all, make sure you're on Instagram and you check out Nathaniel Murphy at Zeppelin Barnetra. Yeah, all one word, Zeppelin, bar, B-A-R, Natra, and then the end of the word, Frank Sinatra. I mean, you can find him, just Google Nathaniel Murphy. This guy will make your day, man. I'm watching his videos, and I'm just like, you know that thing where something is so good, you're just laughing. I mean, this guy is cracking me up, because he's so dang talented. I'll put up the videos on the No Guitar is Safe Facebook page, as well as my Jude underscore gold Twitter page, and also my Jude Gold YouTube page. Thank you guys for supporting the show. The best thing you can do is just listen to every episode. Thank you for all the support. Hope you enjoyed Alex Skolnick last week from Testament. Man, that is a rocking band right there. Thanks for listening to the Dave Hill. Like, I mean, I've got a lot of feedback. You're like, wow, Dave shared so much. That was such a cool episode. I didn't know who he was before that. Of course, if you're in LA or you've ever been to Musicians Institute, you know who Dave Hill is. But I just love bringing great guitar players to the world. And my band, Jefferson Starship, man, we are locked down. No shows. Maybe July we start up. For anyone who might be interested, at the end of this show, I will put on a little bit of my newest song. I started to put out songs again and videos. Again, hit Jude Gold on YouTube. Man, a lot of times I don't even mention my name, but now everything's different, so thanks for letting me promote a little bit of that. Thank you all so much for listening, and thanks to all of you who write in and say that you've listened to every episode and many of them multiple times and you're waiting for the next one. 
You guys are my heroes. All right, let's zoom over to Chicago. Thanks to Zoom Recorders, that's what I use. Thanks again to RoyerLabs.com. Royer, you rule. Love these mics. They come in super cute little lunch boxes. I forgot to tell you, carrying cases. And yeah, let's go hang out with Nathaniel Murphy, who just may be the greatest guitar player on earth, who is also a professional soccer coach. Go figure. No guitar is safe. Nathaniel Murphy in the house. First of all, do your friends ever call you Nate, or are you just Nathaniel all the time? It's usually Nathaniel. I only started getting called Nate when I come to America, actually, funny enough. Awesome. Well, are you in the mood to start off by playing anything to begin with here? Uh, you, you're holding that, a mean, Telecaster at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can fool around a little bit. I'll, I'll see. It might go horribly wrong, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll fool around for a little bit. Man, what a rough but <laughs> I love it. Thanks for playing and uh, play anytime you want on this interview. And thank you so much for doing it. And I'm discovering your Instagram page it was like walking into Disneyland for the first time. It's like each one of your videos is like a different ride. You do so many <laughs> different approaches. And I love the way that you mix everything together. Like you might be doing a bass line and chords at the same time, or you might effortlessly suddenly have your strumming hand go onto the fretboard and start tapping a little bit. It's all kind of one motion, and that's what I really... Oh, thank you. Or you might try different tunings. Like, the whole thing together yeah. is really cool. I mean, that's just... I suppose it's kind of from listening to so many different people and being inspired uh, by so many of them, I find. You know? Mm -hmm. um, there's so many players out there that you just get inspired by, whether it's, you know, Ben Lacey or Ariel Posen or Derek Trucks or, you know, whoever. There's just so much out there to kind of steal from realistically yeah. i suppose that's the best way of, i could say it you know? i've heard you mention charlie hunter before too oh yeah i mean yeah. he's he's next level though that's you know <laughs> you can only kind of aspire to ah. kind of do the stuff that he does you know i'm sure he loves your playing too yeah he's a friend of mine from high school so oh wow. yeah yeah we go way back to berkeley california in oh the, wow back in the you know late 80s or like 1880s we're talking about here <laughs> no <laughs> a while ago yeah 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 so um yeah i mean he's 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 incredible i mean yeah. i've never actually played one of his kind of guitars though oh um, yeah yeah I'm, I'm sure you're gonna have fun when you get on some of those you know the guitar with the strings going to the bass amp and the other oh i, I would kill for that yeah so there's so much stuff i wanted to ask you about but first of all thank you for sending me all these video clips from your instagrams that i can maybe use for my purposes of evil but you, no, is it cool if I post some of these for people? Post as much as much as you want. Feel oh. honestly, no no permission needed. Just whatever you want. Oh, bless you. Okay, folks, you're gonna have to check out some of these videos. I'm gonna put them on the Facebook page for No Guitar Is Safe, on my Twitter, which is Jude underscore Gold, and of course you can check Nathaniel out at Zeppelin Bornetra. How do you say that name of that? Yeah. Now, actually, <laughs> you're one of the well, you're one of the closest to get it. Zeppelin Bornetra. Bornatra. Now, I first saw that, I thought it was like Barnatra, like some kind of fusing of Zeppelin. Frank Sinatra. I figured, oh, he's being a hip. Ah. He's playing a trick, <laughs> something on Frank Sinatra. And then what's the bar for? But 
I understand that was where you grew up, or yeah. yeah so I mean, that's a new one, actually. The whole uh, Sinatra thing. I like that. That's that's <laughs> kind of cool. Um, it's it's actually from so Bornatra. So Zeppelin Bornatra. Bornatra is the name of the village in Ireland that my family are from. You know, um, it's it's a ridiculous Instagram name, and yeah. it's too late to change it. Uh, it actually came about from a an email address. Do you remember back in the day when Zeppelin got back together for that one-off? Yeah. It was for that. And the only way you could apply for tickets was through an email. And I, was, I think I was about 15 at the time. And, you know, no 15-year-old in 2003 probably has an email address, you know. So I had to make one up. And I thought, you know what? I'm too cool for school. I'm not going to put Nathaniel Murphy at AOL.com <laughs> or something, you know. So I did a Zeppelin and then I put a village next to it. So it's just ridiculous and it's too late to change it. But that's how it came about. And that's what you are on Instagram, folks. <laughs> Gotta check him out. Zeppelin Bornatra. Oh, thank you. Bornatra. Man, I'll never get it. It's one of those inflection things. But so let's yeah. let's check out one of these awesome videos. And I have the audio from these videos here for you folks today. This is so cool. So yeah, just for the people out there in listener land, let's just choose one of these at random. <laughs> and since you're holding that telly i don't know maybe maybe we'll listen to um a great bruce hornsby song <laughs> called the way it is hey, you guys see this video that's a beautiful turquoise guitar and it looks like maybe it has a bar on it is that a reverend it's it's a paoletti guitar <sighs> I, don't know if you've heard. I think richard fortas uh he's got a couple of them he's got a signature model with them What can you tell us about your approach to that arrangement there? What what grabbed you about the song? I mean, obviously that great melody. Well, I mean, it's yes, yeah, one of those big songs that kind of everyone really likes. But I was I was just intrigued by the piano. I'm always I like to try and arrange piano songs, um, which sounds a bit ridiculous, really. Um, and I'll actually I want to try and do the piano voicings as best as I can. You know, and um, even with some of the lower, the like the left hand notes that Bruce is actually doing, I wanted to actually replicate them as best as I could. You know, I didn't want to necessarily do a D all the way up to the top tenth fret of the E string. I wanted it to go all the way down. Same with the C, actually. I wanted to really find that low C and incorporate it into it. Um, but I mean, there's some really nice chords in there. So did you um, did you deviated from standard tuning? Yes. Yeah, um, I mean, I find myself kind of doing that a lot when i'm trying to like arrange songs i mean it's kind of 50 50 really it got to a point where i wanted to do it where it wasn't in standard tuning and then there's other times where i want to be where it has to only be standard tuning you know so it's a bit it's a bit strange in that sense really i don't know why it just kind of changes really it's trying to replicate the song as best as i can you know yeah so you don't let a tuning get in the way of a good arrangement if you have to change the tuning you will Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, what did you do for that song? So that it, that's just uh, the A is down to G, 
and the E is down to a C. Cool. Basically. So, I mean, it's only two strings, thankfully, so it's nothing, you know, too crazy. Yeah. And like I said um, before, I love how you just, like, if you need a bass note just for a sec, I think a lot of people, they think, oh, I have to do bass and guitar at the same time or just guitar. But yeah. I like your idea, which is when I need a bass note, maybe I'll throw in my yeah. right hand on the fretboard or something just to get it. Exactly. Then, yeah, it's yeah. a very fluid, it's like all one motion, which is very cool. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's, again, it's trying to replicate it as best as I can, you know. So and it's, it's, it sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't, though. So. <laughs> and then speaking of imitating keyboards or trying to recreate keyboard parts on a fretted instrument, let's take a listen to this mind-boggling thing. It's a Beatles song I'm sure we all know. First of all, obviously it's impossible what you're doing there, but I'm not <laughs> lying to you folks. Go check out this video on Nathaniel's Instagram or on the Facebook page for this. I'll put it on YouTube too for my Ju yeah, yeah. Jude Gold yeah. YouTube account. Whatever you want. <laughs> you guys got to see this. Tell us about what this instrument is. I understand it's pretty rare that you're playing. This, I, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to play a guitar as rare as that. Guitar. So it's a Gibson EMS twelve seventy five, I think. It's a Gibson EMS something anyway. And um, there was only two ever made in black. Only two. I mean, God knows where the other one is. Um, but it actually belongs to Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick. Um, and how I kind of borrowed it off him. I was actually doing an Instagram live video one day, which I never do. And just by chance, I did it one day. I don't know. I was bored at home or something, and he happened to tune in. And, um, you know, I didn't believe it was him at first. You know, I was like, you know, Rick Nielsen is watching me play live here. But anyway, he reached out to me and he said, look, you know, I've got some cool guitars that, you know, you want to check out. And that was one of them. And it is mind blowing, that guitar, how cool it is. You know, it's, you know, original PAFs just sounds incredible. And that whole kind of, you know, it's like a mandolin on top, but it's actually, you know, just a like a guitar itself just tuned very high so it's like know, a it's super almost like an octave guitar or something so yeah I, I think i had it i'd have it up a fourth and you might put a capo on so, top of it too so i, I did uh, yeah for the, so for the lucy and the diamonds the the kind of keyboard part I, I did some crazy tuning i can't even remember what it is now unfortunately but that guitar is a lot of fun like i did another video of it uh, as well and that was yeah. people really enjoyed that one yeah it's with an incredible a, guitar with a slide with a slide yeah
when was that guitar built? Uh, it was 19... It's the early 60s. Wow. So... 61, 62, something like that. And being someone who visits Chicago all the time, usually to play with Kathy Richardson, but also with Jefferson Starship, we, it's just a market. You know, this one of the big markets. Yeah. Chicago, yeah. East, New York, East Coast, L.A. I yeah. love Chicago, but I love that you're there. And so you're 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 mingling with some of these Chicago peeps. Like, that is such a Chicago thing that Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick <laughs> said, hey, why don't you borrow my guitar? Yeah. And I also see that you're, you're obviously good friends with Chicago Music Exchange, one of the greatest music stores on planet Earth. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm yeah. Do you have, a, what can, what's your relationship like? Do you have a business relationship with them or? Well, it, it is at that point now, yeah. So I do a lot of uh, kind of demo videos for them, um, which, you know, is incredibly humbling and cool that i get to do that i mean it just started out i was just in there one day playing and i got to kind of know some of the guys and eventually over time they said look would you be okay doing some demo videos for us and i was like yeah of course um and that's essentially how it happened and you know people for the most part kind of dig some of the demos that i do which is cool you know but i'm, I'm very grateful to them and they um you know they, they they let me borrow guitars to do videos with at home for Instagram, you know, I'll put it on yeah. my page, they'll put it on their page, and it's it's really cool, you know. And are some of these guitars that they want you to demo, like, vintage, one-of-a-kind, like, you know, rarities? Yeah, so, some of them are. I mean, I've got a couple here in the house at the moment. There's a couple of Gibsons. Um, I can't remember which model, but uh, I remember I took one home. Um, it was... Like what's the Scotty Moore model? Do you, do you remember the old Gibson, the Scotty Moore kind of? I, I can't remember. Yeah, yes, like yes, something big, yeah, like yeah. with a it's like a jazz guitar maybe with a cutaway. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, man, I just um, took it down. It just I had a picture on my wall. Scotty Moore autographed it for me. Oh wow! It, and it had a picture of him playing the guitar. I didn't yeah. actually meet him, but my friend met him. And yeah, oh, the great cool. guitar player for Elvis Presley. In case anyone is wondering, <laughs> but tr- true legend, rest his soul. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got to borrow that, and uh, for some, God only knows why, but I decided to do the the keyboard solo to jump on that guitar. Don't ask oh, why, yeah. but it was it turned out pretty cool with the, with the little blue boss synthesizer pedal. Exactly. Yes, I thought it'd be you know again. I don't know why I'm doing keyboard parts. You know, I should, yeah. should have just probably played the keyboard, but um, well, no, it was cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to them. I, I get to borrow a lot of cool guitars from them. <laughs> Yeah, well, you have so much going on, and it's, I want to touch on all these different things. Like, you have this awesome acoustic album, which you can hear on oh. Spotify. It's called War of the Moment from 2018. I want to get into that, too, but... First, maybe, could you just tell us, 
It's fun to inter- interview somebody who I would s- describe as new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I definitely interview a lot of people who have decades of oh, a yeah. career. And yeah. you're just a bright new light on the guitar scene. And it's fun not knowing much about you. Can you tell us what was your first inspiration musically? Like, where did you, did you well, live in Bornetra? So I, I was born in Ireland. So in, in this town called Belmullet. It's in County Mayo, like on the west coast of Ireland. Yeah. Uh, and I, I only lived there for about a year. But I grew up in Manchester. So I uh, grew up in Manchester. Now, obviously, growing up in Manchester in the 90s, you're kind of drawn towards Oasis and Stone Roses, you know. And they, they were kind of my biggest inspiration to kind of pick up the guitar, you know. Um, cool. Are I, they, were I they actually, from there? Yeah, so I, I grew up down the road. So I'm from a place called Levenshume in Manchester, which is right next to Burnage, which is where the Gallagher brothers are from, you know. So I went to the same schools as them, and you know. So that's my only claim to fame with them is I went to the same school. <laughs> I don't know them. I wish I right. did. Right. Um, they're older. Yeah, a little bit older. Um cooler as well probably but yeah group match that i always wanted to be a drummer but not um, as humble as you i'll tell you that uh, oh <laughs> well you know i'd actually love to uh to play with them or for them one day that'd be a, you know a huge kind of dream of oh, mine if I could. have you done any oasis arrangements I, I love their big album like champagne I, supernova or something yeah yeah that, I've, do it. I've, i keep meaning to get around to doing it you know i've got so yeah. many ideas and um but yeah so group in manchester obviously around the 90s and eventually ended up getting a guitar when i was 13 my granny actually bought bought me a guitar why did you want a guitar what what made you want one or how did you end up with one because i knew i'd never get a drum kit because to be honest i'd always grown up around a lot of music anyway like i I remember being about six or seven years old and my mom had like a chuck berry cassette it was like a double cassette like yellow and red on the front i always remember that there was always music on in my house so it'd be either old 50s rock and roll or it'd be Rolling Stones or it'd be traditional like Irish music like Kaylee music but, you know yeah. um, just music in every room um, but yeah I knew I'd never get a drum kit we, we didn't we couldn't afford it and there was no room for it anyway really Yeah. Uh, so guitar seemed like a, a better option and I got one at 13 this is the section of the interview where I gotta hear your first lick that you ever really had fun playing first well the first lick let's see um <laughs> The first lick, well, the first riff I ever learned. Now, I remember being, so I was 13, and someone showed me the bass line to uh, a song called I Want to Be Adored by the Stone Roses. And it was literally... Just that. Yeah, and two days later, you were gigging professionally (laughs) as a bass player. (laughs) Basically, yeah. No, I remember that evening, I was in tears. Because I couldn't change from one chord to another. You know, what I was expecting, I don't know. But I, I remember being in tears and thinking, you know what, this ain't for me. After yeah. only having a guitar for a few hours. You know, what was I expecting? So, I always tell crazy. people the hardest part of guitar is those first few weeks or months. Oh, That's the exactly. hardest part. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're asking your fingers to do something that <laughs> they've never done before. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a bit of patience and practice. And you'll get but what there. about an actual riff song that you were like, okay, I'm rocking this. Like, I'm going to play this at the party or, or whatever. Or, you know, just something, a more complete riff. A more complete riff. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Again, I'm, I suppose it'd be back to kind of Oasis stuff. I know it's not, you know, the most technical. No, but sure. Anything. It's when I'd first learned like Wonderwall or something like that. And I'm not going to go on this podcast playing Wonderwall. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might not go down too well. But, um trying to think of other kind of riffs really i've just remembered like one of the first the first two riffs i ever learned by ear 
So this was in a few months. Yeah. One was actually uh, the riff to Discotech by U2. <laughs> I mean, I remember yeah. learning that and I thought, you know what, this is cool, yeah. you know, yeah. what else can we do? And I remember this was before kind of I had YouTube and, um, you know, to figure songs out and whatnot. I'd, I'd, I'd wait for VH1 and it was Chic, Le Freak, The Riff. Yeah. You know, that riff. Yeah. I remember learning that or trying to figure it out in the space of whatever four minutes it would be on on the tv uh, yeah yeah he, he was my he was my first guitar hero definitely Nile, oh really Nile rogers yeah, yeah oh yeah one of mine as well i was i was obsessed with that riff. it was that so discotech chic le freak and funnily enough again waiting for vh1 to come on it was um just the, the walk this way riff you know yeah, so those yeah. were the those were the early yeah, yeah. riffs that kind of just got me absolutely hooked on guitar you know now did you get just having Irish blood and culture in your bones and in in the British Isles all around you, did you get any of that open tuning stuff from that, or did you just get it from pop music and Jimmy Page, I, I, like all of us? <laughs> just like everyone else, literally. Um, I mean, the first open tuning I kind of explored, it was Open G. And um, I specifically remember, so the Eric Clapton Unplugged album, uh, Walking Blues, his version of Walking Blues, I remember learning that in standard tuning, because I didn't know there was such a thing as open tuning. I'll just do it on the electric. It might not sound too great here. So it's in, what was it again? It was a... You know? Yeah. You know, it, it just sounded off. Because right. you got to jump um, from the 10th fret for the high note, and then you got to jump up yeah. to the 12th fret for the rest of it. Exactly, ridiculous. So it just didn't make sense at all. Um, so you can imagine how that sounded as like a 13, 14 year old guy, kid trying to figure it out. But um, I remember then trying to figure out uh, Traveling Riverside Blues, uh, Led Zeppelin's uh, cover of it. And I remember being at school and getting the tab online and it said at the top, open G tuning. And I was like, what on earth is this? You know, And it showed you how to do it. And then you do it and it's like, you know, it's one of those Eureka kind of moments. It's like, oh God. You know, finally. <laughs> and I know, I know that we all have to leave the house like in June or July because of this lockdown. So you might be a little bit pressed for time. But do you have time to put that guitar <laughs> into open G for a second? And yeah. Oops, I just <laughs> dropped the thing. So he's dropping the A string to a G. Yep. He's dropping the E down to a D as well. E down to D. And then the high E down to D as well. I mean, I, a lot of people have done this. But yeah. It's basically I mean, it, like a kind of like an A chord, only it's down a whole step, like open. Essentially, a. yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, this is obviously this is quite basic for a lot of people out there. But this is this was the first yeah. open tune, and it was just. one you know so obviously yeah. a little bit rough and ready it's not yeah. exactly well, set up but yeah, um, probably the action's kind of low for slide and it's 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 very low <laughs> but i was going to ask you so you surely you found other ways to use open g like right is this like well how? yeah i mean i suppose the best way i kind of explored it was through songs you know so obviously that was my first experience with open g and you know alter tunings and then you'd kind of figure out again it would be 
through songs, so I'd figure out. You know, like that's the way, or something by Led Zeppelin. Oh, all this and, uh, time I wondered what tuning that was. <laughs> right. Well, now you know. Because when I was in high school, I was like playing it my own way. Yeah. And it just wasn't. Yeah. Well, I, I'm 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 fairly sure it's open G anyway. I mean, that's yeah. Well, it sounds right to me. <laughs> that's the way I learned it. Pun intended. That yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I like it. I like Sorry. it. No, Sorry. that was good. <laughs> and and again, just like Dad got my first experience with Kashmir. Um, but not to be gone on about Led Zeppelin constantly. Um, Michael Hedges was a huge uh, kind of acoustic influence for me and the whole alter tunings as well. You know? Yeah, I think I was checked out one interview where you said that when you first heard Michael Hedges, it stopped you in your tracks. Do you know what song was it? Or was there it, something it, it someone was, could look up? It was uh, Ragamuffin. No, no, sorry, Ritual Dance. Oh, Ritual yeah. Dance. There's a performance of him playing at, uh, live at the bottom line. And it apps. I'm, I'm no exaggeration. It absolutely blew me away. Gave me goosebumps. There's, that's only ever happened twice. I think in my kind of uh, musical journey was him and Derek Trucks, where I got goosebumps. Um, so crazy. How, how old were you when you heard the Michael Hedges piece? I was, I think, about eighteen or nineteen. Uh, this I know that you've done some busking on the yeah. streets. Yeah. Tell us about that. I mean, you obviously did a fair amount of it, maybe. And what was like the best day busk? What's the, what are the highs and lows of busking? Tell us some stories. Well, I suppose. I mean, I first started busking in Manchester, um, so I'd be like just on like King Street or the main street in Manchester, and you know, you'd make a fair bit. You, you wouldn't make an, an awful lot. I think the most I ever made was like thirty pound in two hours. And were you like playing instrumental stuff through a battery amp? Exactly. So I had like a Roland Street Cube. Um, and I was just playing, you know, kind of hedges kind of stuff and Preston Reed and just some of my own arrangements, which, you know, it can go down well or it cannot sometimes, you know. Um, but it was a lot more successful doing it over in Chicago, actually. So I'd, I'd be busking on Michigan Avenue and um, that's where it'd get a lot more interesting. You know, I remember the first time, well, first of all, you need a permit to do it in, in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, in Chicago. So that was like $200 straight away. Um, which was, you know, burned a hole in my pocket straight away. Um, did anyone ever say, yo, let me see your permit? Uh, they did actually, believe it or not. The permit Funny police enough, came out. Literally, yeah. Um, the first time I ever went, again, I'd, I'd kind of stick to Michigan Avenue. I did it, um, I was like outside of Walgreens. And um, technically, I didn't know, I, was, I wasn't actually meant to be in that place doing it. But I made like $170 in an hour and a half. You know, which wow. you know, which goes down. Not that it's all about the money or anything, but it helps. You oh, know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have been moved on a couple of times. Like what I used to do a lot was uh, obviously when Lollapalooza would be on in the summer, I'd be playing outside at at the end. You know, so people coming out, kind of you know, drunk and high as a yeah. kite probably. So they're more likely to, you know, kind of dig what you're playing. <laughs> uh, so that was always cool. That was it was a lot of fun doing that. That's so. sweet. And what brand? That, that, um, and that's sorry. Funnily, that's how I kind of got on Instagram as well, actually, because someone stopped me and was talking to me. He says, "Oh, do you mind if I put your videos on Instagram?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, fine. I don't care." Uh, and this is years ago. This is about five, six years ago. And um, I started getting emails of people saying, "Oh, I love your videos on Instagram." And I was like, "Well, you know, I'm not on Instagram." So anyway, I decided to check it out because at the time, I think I ignorantly assumed it was just like kind of selfies and food and whatnot. But yeah, I had videos on there and I thought, you know, maybe this is something of interest and, you know, lo and behold, yeah. this helped me out a lot. Yeah, well, I'm curious as someone who 
has no idea what it's like to have hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers. You you literally have like two hundred and forty five thousand followers, I think. I can't. Remember. I think it's I think it's like over a quarter of a million now. It's absolutely yeah, bizarre. It's yeah. and and your videos. A lot of them will have like five thousand likes and two thousand comments. You can't possibly interact with all the comments. What, yeah, what I mean, is, what is it like for if someone like me who I have like four thousand followers or something like that? If I were to suddenly have two hundred and fifty thousand followers tomorrow, what would be the what would I notice? What would it be like? Uh, turn your notifications off because <laughs> <laughs> your battery will just disappear. Um, no, it's 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 strange. It's it's very humbling that you know that amount of people dig what you do. You know, it's it's incredible because I mean. I consider myself a nobody, really. I'm just a guy in my living room at home uploading videos to the internet that people seem to really enjoy, you know, only one-minute videos. Um, so it's, it's very strange, but it's also very cool. I mean, you get a lot of messages from people, a lot of complimentary people. Thankfully, yeah. I haven't had, you know, any negative kind of stuff or very, very rare that I get negative kind of stuff. Not that I'd yeah. mind it, you know, constructive right. criticism and all that. But no, it's, it's, it's a very strange thing, this whole social media thing. Because if I wasn't yeah. doing it, then obviously no one would see my videos. So know? are companies approaching you? Because they a lot oh, of companies yeah. now are all looking for influencers. And you're definitely in that category, even though I'm not a big fan of that word. I think it's... You know, exactly. Yeah, but, I, I, I'm not a fan of that word either. Cause but you are right there, man, especially in guitar. <laughs> so what what are people approaching you with? Well, a lot of people, like I'll get guitar companies saying, hey, would you be interested in, you know, checking out this, you know, pedal, doing a video with it and, or this guitar and whatnot. And, you know, I'll, ne I'll never kind of refuse a guitar, to be quite honest, because if you had told me when I was 13 years old, 14 in my living room or bedroom, trying to figure out how to play stuff that people would be giving me free guitars one day, you know, I wouldn't have believed you. So I'm not, I'm not going to refuse that kind of stuff. But yeah, I get a lot of messages about, Number one is lessons. I get a lot of people asking about lessons and you know Skype and whatnot, and and tabs. A lot of people asking for tabs. Yeah, yeah. Which I keep meaning to try and get around to doing because I see a lot of people are on Patreon and things like that. Um, they're the main yeah. things like tabs and you know, yeah, uh, companies reaching out about pedals and guitars and you know. Do they offer you money as well to do the video or just a lot of times still be gear and or a paid, you know, thing to actually yeah. demo. I think I've only ever been offered like money maybe twice. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, I, I suppose you'd kind of expect it to be more up right. there in terms of how many offers I'd get in terms of that. But no, no I haven't really had yeah. that many offers of money, you know. Yeah, I'm just I'm honestly asking cuz I don't really know. I yeah. mean, I know that I know some friends of mine that actually yeah, they get a few hundred dollars to show a guitar here or something. Yeah. And yeah. they and they they wouldn't wouldn't do it if they didn't like the guitar or something. But well, that's that's the thing, you know. Like, I'm not gonna take you know the worst guitar in the world and say, "Hey guys, this is great. Check this out." You know, that's people to see through that straight away. So I'm, I'm never gonna kind of sell out in that kind of respect. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting the whole influencer kind of aspect because I, like you said, I, I hate that word. You know, I'm yeah. I don't want to really be considered that because I don't think what I do with a guitar should be necessarily influencing someone in terms of like go buy this, go buy that, you know what I mean? So it's a strange word. I mean, this whole, you know, so many followers and whatnot. I mean, I'd yeah. love to just be out there playing with someone. Would I Would I trade it all to be out there playing on stages with people, you know, supporting someone? Probably would, yeah, to well, be quite honest. That's a good question. Do you uh, play out much or? 
Well, this is the thing. I don't really, in all honesty, uh, yeah. at all. I mean, I'd love to be like someone's side man, you know, kind of a session work in that. Um, and I've, you know, just hasn't happened. And I'd, uh, I'm confident in my own abilities to do that kind of stuff. I, I think I could could do it, you oh, know? Yeah. Well, absolutely, you could. You could also do solo shows. I could. I mean, that's, that's yeah. yeah. Right. That's one thing I kind of need to start doing a lot more of. I think that was my New Year's resolution. <laughs> and you could team up with a couple other musicians and, you know, if you wanted to do a tour or something. Yeah, do like a little trio or something like that. But yeah. Like, or I, I would mean, say that, like three different sets. Like each of you do a set and like actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A yeah. lot of people are doing that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, because I mean, I've seen like a lot of the kind of candy rap kind of acoustic guys and like I've seen like Mike Dawes. I was chatting with Mike Dawes. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you know him. I do. I met him uh, on, a, on a cruise ship on, when, oh. on the Moody Blues cruise oh yeah, yeah 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 i was playing and he was obviously playing with um justin with, hayward i think well, yeah is, with right? justin yeah, yeah. From, from the moody's yeah. i mean he i think he just finished like a north american tour with some yeah. other acoustic players and again i'd love yeah. to do that i mean I'd, I'd love to just kind of travel the world playing my guitar you know now let's talk about one of your pieces for a second which is the one i first found which i randomly found you on tiktok and uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm not like I do a lot of social media, but I'm not like obsessed with it. Listening to every, so it was kind of funny to find you over there when your big presence is on Instagram. And someone had taken one of your Instagram videos, yeah, and put it on TikTok. I don't know what you call this piece, but let's take a listen to it right now. Yeah. This thing just boggled my mind. Starts off with one groove, and then the second time around, you go into a whole different thing. Can you maybe show us like a little couple things you're yeah, doing yeah. on that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play a little bit of it. I'll, they might might not be necessarily in tune with the original video. That's your beautiful Taylor guitar there. This this is my Taylor 614 CE. I mean, the strings are a bit old on it, but I don't mind that. Um, so that piece, now, uh, it's a very Preston Reed orientated uh, piece. Again, huge influence on me. So it's it yeah. kind of like an ode to him, really. Um, but I just kind of had a riff in my head. Is it, the name of the song is, I think it's Low and Slow. Low and Slow. Low and Slow. Why it's called that, I don't know. For some reason, I think I was about, I seen a barbecue advert, and I liked the term Low and Slow because I'd never heard that before. Yeah. Anyway, ridiculous, ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll play a little bit of it, uh, warts and all. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's just brilliant. And oh, thank you. That's brilliant. And and for anyone who hasn't seen the video yet, your Nathaniel's hand is over the neck. You're doing it like with yeah, your, get, your fretting hand is over the neck, and you're doing it like percussive style, piano style. Yeah. So the tuning is from the again, high, high note down to the low note. So again, it's the Preston Reed kind of idea. So we got uh, we got D, uh, we got G. And G again, so we got that double G, which is you know quite interesting. Nice. So we got D G G uh, D uh, G, and then I've got a low C. That's so funny, yeah. I just, I totally, as if by a mo- hey, don't put that down yet. You got to show us some oh. stuff. <laughs> as if by so a, I completely, I, was, I completely butchered that there. <laughs> I was just doing. Uh, session the other day and like so randomly I basically used that tuning although oh wow I didn't have the low string on the four I had it on the five oh. so that would have been right okay yeah it was like a, that's so funny I used it for this guy's song you know yeah but I had no idea that that's what I think that it seeped in there like subconsciously yeah. I had no idea that's what you were using yeah but, yeah yeah yeah, um, again, you know, a heavy kind of Preston Reed influence on that. And I'd urge anyone, you know, to check him well, out. Well, yeah, I've he, listened he, to him before, but I'm not, like, super familiar. So he does a lot of over-the-neck hand that's, stuff? That, that's kind of where I got it. But see, the thing with him that really got to me, or kind of really grabbed me, was... Um, I mean, I was listening, obviously, to, like, Andy McKee and players like that. But I always found that Preston, in some of his songs, it was, it was just more bluesy. It had more of a groove to it which I kind of, you know, related to a little bit more. Yeah. I, was, I was kind of more into that. So I think, so he had a song called Ladies Night and um, that just blew me away straight away. That was like, that's that's what I'm looking for, you know. It had the groove, it had the bluesiness to it and it had the kind of flashy finger style thing at the same time, you know. So that, that kind of, he was a big influence on me. I love the thing that you do with the slide with my personal savior, Stevie Wonder. I'm kidding. But, uh, he's like one of my very favorite songwriters. Oh, wow, yeah. And yeah, I mean, let's take a listen to what you did with Sir Duke. This is crazy. you're doing some cool stuff on this where you got like the uh you're fretting some fingers behind the slide yeah your slide is on your fourth finger and it's a small slide that only goes through the center part of your finger yeah so i mean that that slide i think i've got it here somewhere it's actually um you probably killed me for saying this 
It's uh, so Ariel Posen. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, Ariel yeah, Posen. Absolutely. So obviously he's mind blowing how good he is. It's actually his signature slide. Um, so I think it's a rock slide. I think that's the name of the company, Rock Slide. But I just wanted a smaller one, and I, I couldn't find you know a really small one where I could easily bend my little finger and you know be able to fret and whatnot. Um, so I just got that, and I got one of the guys at the store at CME just cut the top off because I had some crazy notion of having a slide on my pinky and then the tip of the slide on my pinky on the other hand to do like two slide works. Uh-huh. That, that idea kind of went out the window fast because it just didn't work. You got to check out Thimble Slide, my friend. He makes their, they're like pretty small. <laughs> they're like a oh, ring, really? ring slide, but they're, a, yeah, they're, yeah, they're cool. They're oh, I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Cause I'm afraid of losing that slide. Um, at the moment, I can't actually oh. see it. So. Oh shit! Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be distracted for the rest of this interview now, wondering where I, it is. I am. I don't know where the hell it is. No. So yeah, but, you um, got that. So I did, that's interesting. So you're actually able to use your pinky, the tip of your pinky finger, to fret notes while you have the slide on. Uh, not so much. So yeah, yeah. So when I have the slide on, yeah, uh, I can actually you know kind of curl my finger a little bit more than you normally yeah. would, and you can still fret. Um, obviously, you kind of still have to be a little bit wary of like string noise and just yeah. catching somebody with strings, but it's it's doable, you know. But see, I I know I know a little bit about you now. <laughs> like you you want that note? You're like, I, how can I get that one note? Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna have this little slide with your pinky. <laughs> there you go. You know, it's like, there you go. It's yeah, that's cool. So um, and then I mean that whole fretting behind the slide thing. I think the first one I seen doing that was I think it was Sonny Landreth. Yeah, he's the um, he's the pioneer of it, as far as I know. Yeah, as as far as I know as well. And again, it was one of those moments like, well, I didn't know you could do that, but I'm now going to do it, you know. Um, brilliant. That's so. cool. So you're doing some of that in there, I suppose, and in that, in that yeah. piece. Yeah. Um, again, so now that's in standard tuning. Yeah. So you kind of had no no choice really but to do some of the fretting behind the slides in that to kind of get the, the chords yeah. and the, the melody notes and, what, and whatnot. How did you end up coming to America and ending up in Chicago? Well, funnily enough, um, so my girlfriend, who I'm, who I'm still with, um, I mean, I say girlfriend, we've been together for about 12 years. So hey, listen, you're not, ho- <laughs> you're not a homeless guitar player, which means that you have a girlfriend. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I met her in Ireland and um, her family's from the same part of Ireland that I'm from. And uh, did the whole long distance thing for a couple of years. Oh wait, you're and in then, Man- you're in Manchester, but how I'm you, in Manchester. But how at this do you meet time, her yeah. in Ireland? So the part of Ireland that I'm from, obviously, I'd, I'd go back every like summer and Christmas, you know, see my grandparents and cousins and whatnot. And she'd do the same with her family because her mom right. and dad are from the same town, you know. Um, so I met her there, and it was a case of did the whole long distance thing. Anyway, I, I ended up moving out here, um, and believe it or not, I'm a soccer coach. My job here oh, as a soccer yeah. coach you can yeah. s- we can say football for the rest of the, the call oh well good thank well, we you I, i'm kind of football yeah i'm kind of used to saying soccer now yeah i guess you have, to, you have to you, you took a lot of training for you to say soccer so yeah i, I wouldn't do it back home now i wouldn't call it soccer back home because uh you know <laughs> oh no <laughs> um it's, it's like when i go up to the bay area it's call it highway 101 but when down yeah. here i automatically say the 101 ah yeah you yeah you automatically adapt <laughs> all right fair enough I had no idea. That's a joke. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so. <laughs> you do that. You do a lot of soccer coaching, or that's that's my main job. You know, I don't really make any money off playing guitar. Or anything. Again, not that it's about making money, but yeah. you know, I couldn't necessarily live off what I do with a guitar. You know, yeah. so 
soccer well, coaching is actually my job. I, I can tell that you really love soccer coaching. And I, know, <laughs> I know that it's true, but I could also tell you that you could make more money with what you're doing if you wanted to doing the guitar thing. But it seems like you're in a great situation. <laughs> so I'm well, not, I'm doing I'm doing yeah. okay. I mean, I would put it this way: if I could make if I could play guitar for a living, I would do it in a heartbeat. That's yeah. that is my you know ultimate dream to be able to play guitar for a living. Not I'm not asking to you know get rich and whatever you know. Just to make a living off playing the guitar, that'd be cool. Well, that's that's a no-brainer. That's gonna have if that's really what you want. I have a crystal ball right here, and <laughs> I, it says that that's going to happen. But so, what what age athletes are you coaching? Oh, so they're anything from like U uh, eight to like U seventeen, you know. So quite quite a wide range, you know. So you you have um, multiple teams going at any one time. M- multiple teams, yeah. So I mean, I mean, so the the club does like I don't know forty fifty teams at this one club. I'm in charge of like five of them i think so yeah, that's, that's but obviously great. at the moment during the current times with the uh covid19 there's you know nothing obviously yeah so Locked hate down. To, yeah hate to bring that up nothing nothing to do but play guitar and do podcasts exactly yeah, yeah. i'm okay with that <laughs> so what is your girlfriend do you guys live together in chicago yeah we live together she she's an accountant um accountant or hedge funds i don't know it changes week to week uh, she'll ah. kill me for saying that um yeah, I'm yeah she's working <laughs> well, I'm a, like, we musicians don't even know what those words mean but no i mean it's, it's all the same to me yeah no no i was gonna say yeah she she's obviously working from home on a laptop as well so i'm, I'm driving her crazy uh with playing the guitar all day yeah what part of chicago do you guys live in so we live in a lincoln square so we're so like not too far from so I'm, I'm basically less than 10 minutes from Chicago Music Exchange. Oh, cool. So in, in a nice part of town. I used to live in like Lakeview, so near Wrigley Field for like five years. So yeah, man, a I, good love, spot. I love Chicago. I played, a, played, yeah, I love it. played at the Cubby Bear right across from Wrigley Field. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool spot. So much Why, fun. when was that? I played there twice. One time I played there with Billy Sheehan and Stuart Hamm and um, Jeff Berlin, the bass players, and... Oh wow! They each did a set, and I was the guitar player. It was called B Times Three. And yeah, that was a fun show. They had it was standing room only. It, it was cool. The next yeah. time I played there, it was with Jefferson Starship, and it was like they had tables out and everything. But it's still really, really cool. Yeah, oh, that would be yeah, definitely. I think and, uh, Foo, Foo Fighters have played there. Wow, some, somewhat recently. Yeah, and the place survived it. Wow, it's still standing. So. And I've also <laughs> I played Manchester, England. Oh ah, wow! Now let let me guess. Would it have been? It wouldn't have been the Apollo, would it? I, if I'm remembering the venue correctly, I don't know the name, but it was up. It was kind of like a, up in a big staircase upstairs and kind of a warehousey area of town, maybe or. Uh, where, I'm not, maybe, where should that be? I don't know Manchester. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough British town right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty gangster, man. Pretty, pretty. We are. I mean, we got a few. Uh, I mean, interesting places like where I grew up was quite interesting. Put it that way. Uh, uh, yeah. How so? Uh, I mean, obviously, just the usual. You know, bits of crime here and there. I mean, it wasn't the worst place in Manchester, but it wasn't the best either. You know what I mean? So. You, you had your route home to avoid trouble going home from school. You had that that safe route. I had the safe route. Right. Safe route. <laughs> so. I feel you, man. Yeah. 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 Let's check out another one of your jams. Let's listen to your album. Where can people get yep. this record? Obviously, I've been listening to it on Spotify. I bet you I could download it off iTunes. You can. It's on iTunes and Spotify. 
Yep. Yeah, and then do you sell physical copies too? Uh, I I haven't actually. I don't don't do that at the moment. I, so, I didn't think many people would actually want it to be honest. So <laughs> in that form, right, right. You know? I know it's funny. We were um trying to wake up my computer. Yeah, we were doing a <laughs> we were doing a Jefferson Starship gig and and these two. It was at a college, and the college kids opened for us, and then these two college girls were. Uh, doing merchandise for us you know they're usually like you end up with somebody helping out to sell t-shirts and stuff and yeah. uh, afterwards kathy our lead singer you know was making sure they got paid and everything and then she was like and, and by the way here's each of you can have one of my cds and they both looked yeah. at each other and they were like what do we do with this and, and then the one <laughs> the one girl told kathy well i guess i could give it to my mom she she has an old cd player <laughs> It was a very painful moment, is what I'm saying, Nathaniel. Yeah. But um, so yes, War for the Moment. War for the Moment. Yeah. These are beautiful songs. Obviously. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it opens up with rooftop funk. I know you have a video for that out there. Of percussion going on there on, on the guitar on that one yeah i mean i mean that, that's about as percussive as i kind of get really in terms of you know actually physically banging the guitar or hitting it um i keep it very simple if at all using it you know but yeah rooftop funk that was um that's probably one of my favorites on there to to play it's quite a fun one to play as well Some, I, 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 have, I always enjoyed the arrangement of uh, Come As You Are. Yeah. That, that I did on that. The um, last track. Yeah, the last one. So there's, there's some interesting stuff on there. Yeah, um, I can show us a, give us a tip as to how to play it. Play one. Let me see. I'll have to tune it in. Now. Is this where are you going for? Are you going for "Come as You Are"? 
Uh, I'll do the, the rooftop oh, yeah. funk. Let's see. Great. Um, let's see what the tune. Might have to give me a minute here. Yeah. I think we're almost there. So it sounds like it's a, it's just a like a D five chord with a kind of seven yeah, um, with a seven added. Yeah. Yeah. So on, on that B string, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, You're actually down in C, I guess. I think so. Yeah. C sharp. Yeah. Bit of a strange tuning. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the main riff uh, again, just kind of a funky yeah. idea. I mean, the intro is just so. So just a kind of cool little intro, and all it is, it's just hammering on. It's just yeah. uh, three, five, seven. Yeah. And then the main yeah. riff. got like the chorus section I suppose it'd be uh It's, uh, that is the rooftop funk. That's beautiful, man. Oh, thank you. You've never considered putting like a extra mic inside your acoustic guitar. You kind of just get the natural drum sounds just where they lie, I guess, without extra. Yeah, open. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've always liked the idea of having that kind of in, internal thing to really boost it. You know, to really give it that yeah. kind of powerful sound. But just haven't got around to it really. You know. And what's this other one you do? That's with the capo. It starts off with some tapping. It just kind of reminded it of it. So you do it on the Taylor guitar as well. Ah. Do you, is that one? Now that, Go ahead. now that one, it doesn't actually have a name or it's not on an album or anything. It's just... Again, one of those ideas that I threw up on Instagram. The tuning, it would have been like a, some sort of open G with a C in the bass, because I, I tend to use that a lot. Because I like to do, don't ask why, I don't know why, it's, I like to do kind of bluegrassy sounding stuff with tapping, because yes. I hadn't really seen anyone else do it, and I, I thought it kind of sounded cool, you know? I love that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm a, a big fan of trying to do kind of bluegrass tapping. Strange. Yeah, because once you get past the tapping intro, it gets into kind of a cruising bluegrass it, kind of groove. Yeah, yeah. Mm 
your I wish. Ah, yeah. Doing this on like a 335 or something. That's the one, yeah, yeah. mess around with that i i hesitate do you do you do the horn part on that too uh on the outro wait let's I'll do it. yeah go on I let's see what you do it uh, well i kind of this is my low rent imitation of charlie hunter man you know charlie hunter used to do this oh yeah with michael franti the great vocalist spoken word rapper poet singer and he'd just be doing that and michael would be this i don't know how what key charlie did it in I should get, try to get the microphone on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that's such a great song. And oh, it's brilliant. But what you do with it, you probably do it in the right key or something close. Uh, I think, so again, like the version I've done of it, it's, it's kind of a blend between Tuck Andrus, who's the first one. That's Tuck! Side, yeah, side note, he was my yeah. first real guitar teacher. Oh, wow. And really? When I was 17. Like, well, first time that someone like, we were like someone was like, what? I can take lessons with him? Like, I, it was the first <laughs> time I ever met somebody like that. And yeah, he was yeah. a great teacher. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, it, he's, he's out of this world. He gave me a really good lesson, too, which was one day I called him. I'm like, it was two days beforehand. It was like, and I was like, Tuck, I have a fever of 102, which I did. I was I got the flu. Yeah. And uh, I really, I can't make it Saturday morning. And he's like, oh man, that's such a bummer. But you still have to pay me. I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yes, it's in, it's within the 48 hour thing that we agreed on. And I know that you're sick and stuff, but I, that's my schedule and I need to keep it. Like that was yeah. a really good lesson yeah. about, <laughs> I mean, it sounds stupid, but like about being assertive and, and making sure you get yeah. paid. Because if you are a guitar teacher, people will call you up all the time. Got a flat tire. Oh like, yeah. yeah. You need to be like. Oh man, that sucks. I still need to get well, paid. <laughs> I I I used to do I used to teach guitar in Manchester and I'd have that. Someone I remember people said, "Oh, I just forgot." Like, "Oh, cheers." You know? You you forgot you had a guitar lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't forget Madness. as much if yeah. <laughs> anyway. So you yeah. just mentioned the words tuck and dress. So Tuck and dress, yeah. So what were you um, say now that I well, interrupted yeah, he, you? He, he, no, no, he's he's the first one that he's one of the first influences I had in terms of you know doing arrangements of songs and you know trying to play all the parts together. I think he did. Um, that's it. You know, a little bit of Man yeah. in the Mirror. Obviously, I've, I've kind of yeah, that's probably changed it up a little bit. If you've been living under a rock, people, that's Michael Jackson. <laughs> so, that's so funky i love that yeah he was um he was the f I, I remember seeing that and i thought you know god what on earth i didn't know it was possible to do that you know um so i kind of took that idea and wanted to do you know my own, own interpretations of things like that and that one was in particular but yeah th that arrangement of a i wish it's kind of a blend of tokandras Ben Lacey and a little bit of my own, um, but that that yeah the horn part if if I can remember uh, 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 what was it? <laughs> I 
little bit rough, but it's, no, it's, that's beautiful. You know, it's kind and, of, kind and of that, up there. I love seeing the last part of that bass line where your thumb is going over the top of the neck, as we all do. But you do like three notes in a row with it. Boom, 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 boom. Now, yeah. that's hilarious because that to me is, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, and that's exactly what you're doing in that moment. To, yeah. To finish the groove. Yeah. That's, Again, I'm probably there's, there's players I would have seen do it. Maybe Tuck does that. I know Ben Lacey kind of does that. Um, I mean, it's... it's yeah. It's just one of those things. Do what you can to kind of improve the arrangement, you know. Another great example of you doing what you can to finish and improve the arrangement, I've never seen anyone do this, is to play like multiple parts of Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. Oh. <laughs> Get that. It's such a, one of the greatest rock bass lines of all time. Yeah. It's such an important part of the song. And then you're like, a couple of times you're tapping in there to finish it. Yeah. I mean, again, with that now obviously being... Being such a kind of big Zeppelin fan, I wanted to kind of do it justice if I could. Um, but without sacrificing the acoustic guitar part, because I, I always loved that part of it, you know. So, I mean, essentially, I mean, f for the intro, it's, it's a combination of pulling off the notes from the left hand to sound the chord, the next chord, yeah. whilst adding in. So, so you can actually hear both parts. All right, so show us what the left hand is doing right there as far as it's pulling off. So the left hand, all it's doing, so... so but you're really kind of pulling off that little finger yeah, so to sound that D kind of... Uh, D9 kind of idea, I suppose. Yeah. Whereas at the same time, so at the same time... The same time as you pull off those little fingers, yeah. um, that's when you're going to add on that bass note. Yeah, the second know? note of the bass line, bass line, which is a B. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, but I mean, the, the thing with that is there's not much room to hammer on that note. You're kind of behind oh, yeah. that first finger because, you know, you're not, you don't have much room, so you can actually miss it. Yeah. So there's, there's a little thing. Now that part is quite important. I found the best way I could do it, or do it justice, was to kind of slide notes yeah Which is, i think that's what john paul jones does anyway yeah or hammers on or something yeah sounds right um but yeah trying to emulate that hopefully you can see that okay now is that okay yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. again whilst trying to incorporate the left hand as well <laughs> oh man and then the next part uh, what is it So a little bit rough, but um, uh -huh. but yeah, the coolest part is the verse. I love it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. What's the? Uh, yeah, I need to figure out the rest of it. I, I kind of got there, but I got distracted and done something else. <laughs> yeah, man, it's cool. That yeah, it's a lot of responsibility to call up all these different arrangements, and you do that really well. There's this this super high capo thing too. You got the oh yeah, yeah. Capos like on the ninth fret or something. Yes, yeah, so it's ridiculously high again. That that was a while ago. That yeah. Yeah, that's back in your. That's back in the the Nathaniel wears a hat days. <laughs> you know that that I'd wear a hat because I couldn't be bothered like trying to sort my hair out 
And then I think, well, why are you even bothering to sort your hair out? No one's here to look at your hair. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> that was a, anytime you see me wearing a hat, it's because it's, it's a lazy day. And before I let you go, one thing I would love you to show us is a crazy little thing called Love, the great Queen, oh, yeah. Queen song. Is that something yeah. you have ready in your fingers? or? I'll give it a try. So we're in drop D. Um, let's... Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on with that. Um, uh, oh, uh. Uh. I've forgotten the next part. <laughs> I think now oh, wow. <laughs> going for this solo. Uh, and so on, obviously. It's a little bit scruffy. I need to work on that one. That's great, um, man. Thanks for but, dusting it off. But again, it's, it's trying to do it as best to the original as you can in terms of no sacrifices, essentially. That's, that's the kind of the term that I try to live by as best I can with arrangements. Try not to sacrifice anything, you know? That's amazing. Um, Anything else going on in, in your musical life now that you want to mention? or? Uh, I mean, I suppose the important part is kind of my struggles, really, and so with, with my playing is... I don't know if anyone else gets it. I'm sure there's people out there, like a lot of kind of self-doubt, um, which I don't hear many kind of guitarists talking about, is, you know, you'll wake up one morning and you'll be playing and you think, you know, this this is terrible, you know, what am I doing? What am I actually trying to achieve here? You're just playing the same licks over and over, you know, do something new. And then it'll be other times where, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but my, my phone is absolutely filled with screenshots of things that I want to learn. And, you know, whether it's, yeah. be, whether it's YouTube videos or, you know, Instagram videos, it's like, oh, I want to learn that. I want to know what he's doing there, you know. And it's got to the point now where I literally could have a mountain of things. And it's, you know, it's, it's almost like stressful. It's like, oh, well, I've got to do that. And I've got to do this. And I've got to do this. Dude, I, I feel that way about my Netflix queue. <laughs> <laughs> All this shit on my list. What am I supposed to watch? <laughs> okay, so no, I feel it. Uh, no, you know, so that's, that's one thing for me is um, kind of that self-doubt and comparisons as well. I don't know why us guitarists, we always seem to do that. We compare ourselves to others, which is a shame, really. Because, you know, we're all trying to be individual. But. Well, that's no, I really appreciate you saying that. You are not alone in feeling that. I think, But I think it's a, it's a, it keeps a lot of people going, too. Like, yeah. Because if you, you have those days where maybe you feel blah about the guitar or... Oh, yeah. 
And then the magic hits. It's all the more magical when the magic comes back. Oh, exactly. It's like the contrast is incredible. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like getting your fix or something. There it is again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, um, I, I, yeah, I think a lot of the great musicians and artists are, have that doubt. I mean, how could you not? It's what keeps I mean, you the, looking, keeps you searching. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I suppose you're kind of striving to be the better music or be as best as you can be, you know. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had that for the past number of years. It's like just that doubt of, you know, what are you actually doing here? Like, or, you know, you're not really getting any better. Like, what's going on, you know? But um, but then again, like you said, there's good days. It's where, like, you know, the day you'd co- where I came up with, like, with Ramble On, and you thought, you know, this is pretty cool. You know, people might enjoy this, you know? So there is little moments here and there, you know? Yeah, here so. and there is an understatement. Mostly yeah. <laughs> here, there, and everywhere, I would say, yeah. in your case. <laughs> to quote a great Beatles song, you should do that yeah. one next. Like, with I a guy like you, actually. everyone just must come up to you all day long, like, hey, you should do that song. Hey, you should do that song. I, I do get a lot, actually. Um, and there is, again, this is one of those things that there's, there's so many songs I've got written down. I've just got such a list of things to do. Like, um, one thing I wanted to do was... Uh, I thought it'd be cool. It might not work out. I'm not sure. Is uh, Pharrell Williams? You know, Happy. You know that song that was on the radio Absolutely. every every ten yeah. minutes a few years ago. Um, but do that with a slide. You know, the kind of really yeah. bluesy kind of way. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to look into doing that and try and do all the parts. But yeah, there's yeah. so many great songs to try and arrange. You know. Well, great. I will definitely be promoting whatever your latest thing is down the road. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Arrangements. They're so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Well, man, it's just so exciting to finally talk to you. And thanks for uh, oh, well, taking a little day out of your quarantine, a little, a little time out of your quarantine for this. Well, no, the, the pleasure is all mine. And, it, and if you'd allow me to say it, this is, is I'm incredibly grateful because I, I listened to this show all the time over oh, the past yeah. few years. And to think, to think I'd one day be on it is, uh, I mean, I'd never believe you. Because, I mean, I'd see like Paul Gilbert on there, you know, and I'd see, you know, people that I look up to genuinely and for me to be honest it's incredibly humbling and i keep doing what you're doing because i love this show and you know oh, countless you. others do so we, we all appreciate what you do Drew. this that's awesome man i appreciate that big time and but you are absolutely worthy of being well, <laughs> any one of those names i mean what you're doing is breathing so much fresh life into guitar so oh well, thank you man. that thank is you absolutely so huge well i think um, you should play a solo concert like i mean i know a lot of people who do book shows and in Chicago. Have you ever? Yeah. Yeah. You ever put together a solo set? Do you like uh, Evanston Space? Yeah. I'd, a, I'd love to, actually. That's a great venue. It is, yeah. I've, not, I've never been to it. I know it's quite a cool venue, though. A really cool t-shirt, too. If you're if you're lucky, he'll give you a shirt at the end. The cool oh, wow. logo on it. Sold. <laughs> yeah. Sold. We'll, we'll play for a t-shirt. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Fitzgerald's out in Berwyn. I play there. Fitzgerald's in Berwyn. You know, I was actually due to play there. In March, like, because I've been sitting in with a, a country band here in Chicago, Joe Wartell and the Natural Law, you know, oh, cool. just playing like old, old school kind of country. Really, really good group, really fun. And we were due to play there, but alas, COVID 19 has put an end to that. So, yeah, I know yeah. it, man. Again, I, I mentioned it again. Sorry. No, it's a reality. This is, it's, I know. This we're all facing. Like, we're, but my band is supposed to start gigging again on like June, July 1st or something, but. Yeah. I don't, I just, right now, I can't have it. I have no idea if that's going to happen or yeah. or, yes. or if that should happen. 
Yeah. Like should people, exactly. you know, it's like I'm yeah. some states that it looks like are going to be doing stuff or other states aren't and yeah. yeah, it's going to get complicated, but it's crazy. I mean, have you been kind of woodshedding a lot during your kind of time off or Oh man. Well, thanks for asking. I've been doing um a lot of recording. I just put out a new video, my own instrumental video. Yes, I've seen that. Oh, thanks for checking it out. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot Dick of stuff it. that I'm finishing and just thrown out there. Yeah. My joke, I've never put out an album, but you know how it is with Spotify? They they call them singles. Like you put out yeah, a single. Yeah. Yeah. So my joke is that I'm going to put all these singles together and call it Jude Gold, The Singles. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, because like, that's what they do after a band has like 20 albums. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. They yeah. Play but I still have zero albums. <laughs> I'm going to put out the singles. But yeah, I'm, I'm putting those songs out and I'm doing sessions for people too, which I always love doing like recording guitars for people, writing, writing uh, guitar see, parts. That, that's what I'd love to do. I'd love yeah. to do more of that kind home, of stuff. Home studio stuff. Yeah, well, do you have a home yeah. studio going yourself or do you? Uh, nope. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. that's that's my downfall. I mean, my I get a lot of people asking about my setup for videos and it's, I'm kind of embarrassed almost to say oh, yeah. what I use half the time. It's... it's I literally have cushions on the floor to put my amp on top because the neighbors will complain. Uh, I have a Roland Street Cube uh, and a Fisherman Acoustic Amp, and they're the only two amps that I use. So any video you've ever seen me use, or ever seen me do, is using a Roland Street Cube or a Fisherman Acoustic Amp. Like, I, I, can you imagine the monstrosity of playing an all original 51 telly through a street cube? <laughs> you know, it's, that, that's what I do, and you know, people enjoy it. I, I don't care. I mean, it sounds good to me, so... That's awesome, yeah. and and it's worth mentioning that I think you record a lot of your stuff just straight into your iPhone, or just into my phone, straight into my phone. I've got like a little external mic. For years, I didn't have any, you know, external mics or anything, but eventually got one. I've actually got uh, a cool little mic. It's, it's a Shure something something. I don't know, eighty eight or something like and that. It, and know. it has like the lightning connector on the end. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only. I mean, it's a great mic. Um, not not that I work for sure or have any affiliation with it. It's just you know it's a good mic and uh, you know I'd and recommend it. And it's got a little stand, little tripod. Got a little stand, the whole thing. Yes, it's actually really cool. Just the cord could be a little bit longer. That's my only downfall. Is it, it a stereo mic? Uh, I think it is. And today you're recording straight into your iPad, I guess. Uh, yes, I'm using the Shure mic straight into the iPad to uh, record the audio. And what's are you using voice memos or what are you using? Uh, yeah, so I'm using a voice memo. Uh, so. Yep. Quite a long one, so hopefully it'll send. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah, you might have to transfer that onto your <laughs> computer or something. But it should yeah. send. It should send with AirDrop or I mean, what do you call it? MailDrop or something. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out definitely. All right. Well, yeah. man, keep it alive to you, ninety-five. Will do definitely. Yeah. Thank you oh, so man. much for uh, hanging out. No, th again, a huge honor to be on this show again i'm not not exaggerating the amount of shows i've listened to and downloaded i'd actually download a lot of sh shows a lot of the podcasts before i went on the plane back home to england or manchester so i could listen to it on the plane you know oh, sweet was, uh, so no yeah. thank you it's uh, right. an honor you're the guy who listened to the show no i'm just kidding it's just, yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right man talk soon keep all it right. keep it going uh, will do all right cheers again
Oh, hey, you still here? Right on. This is Jude. Thanks for listening to No Guitar Is Safe. Some of you, one or two, are interested in what I do on the guitar, too. So here's my newest single. It's called Sunset Boulevard. I might have put a little piece of it up on a previous episode as background music. But now it's released. It's on Spotify with my other songs. I'm putting out singles. I hope you dig it. It's kind of a love letter to the Fender Stratocaster, kind of a love letter to Jeff Beck, and a like letter to Sunset Boulevard. I mean, I like that street, but I I wouldn't say I love it. I do like zooming down it to the ocean, which is its best feature, in addition to having clubs such as the Whiskey, A Go-Go, and other sorts of rock and roll history on it. Silver Lake's pretty cool. And so I just shoved a camera out the window, made a music video for you. It's on YouTube. Blah, blah, blah. Thanks for checking it out. Thank <laughs> you.